Welcome to another episode of Talking Underwater. One water, one podcast. I'm Bob Crossan, Editorial Director for the Endeavor Water Group, and I am joined today by Megan Glover. She is the CEO of 120 Water. In just seven years, 120 Water has become the leader in the lead and copper rule. They provide testing services and guidance for utilities across the nation. So in this interview, we're going to be talking with her about that business, how she's grown it over the course of time, the challenges that she's run into as a business person, and also the challenges she's run into being a woman in water, which is a predominantly male industry. It is Women's History Month after all, so we want to hear from her about her experience and what it means to be a woman in water. So let's get right into it. So I am joined now by Megan Glover. She is the CEO of 120 Water. Thank you so much for being here. Great to be with you, Bob. Yeah. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about your career path, being a woman in water, being a very successful woman in water at that too. Um, why water in general? What? How did you get to that part of the equation for your career? Uh, well, you know, I, I'm not originally from water. And, and what I like to say is water found me. Um, okay. I, I spent, okay. yeah, wa literally water, water found me. I, I had spent, um, a little over a decade, uh, building out, uh, business to business software companies. And uh, my discipline is really on the go to market side. So building out marketing functions, sales functions, product functions, and really seeing firsthand the power of technology in, in a business sense and how that can really mm -hmm. help automate workflows and, you know, improve efficiencies and, and ROI. And so big believer of, of uh, the utilization of, of technology to do better work. And in um, 2016, um, at pretty much the height of the Flint, Michigan PR crisis, you know, when you were turning on the TV and just could, you couldn't help but not be aware of what was happening in Flint, I, I became a concerned uh, citizen and, and mother of two young children. And I, um, I just wanted to really know what was in my tap water. And um, I did some research to understand where I would get my water tested and, and reached out to some peers and some colleagues who were in the environmental testing space saying, are you aware of any place where I could get my water tested? And um, what really started as a passion uh, project for me has turned into probably one of the fastest growing, you know, water, uh, digital water companies out there. And uh, we've pivoted and, and, and morphed a lot since we started in 2016. But um, I really became abs absurdly passionate um, about the industry and about the drinking water industry in particular, and it ultimately bringing better tools and technologies to this municipal water segment that has to do so much with so little. And, um, and so that's a uh, that's uh, how I kind of came to be in a nutshell and, and why I'm so passionate. Yeah, well, I, it's with that morphing of things over time, I imagine most companies go through this type of growing pain as well of like having to adjust to the current climate and environment. And um, what what is it about now, though? Like what about your current about the position excites you at this moment in time? And then could you compare that to what excited you maybe a year ago, three years ago? Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, I 
tell every new member who joins our company right now that I'm so jealous of the timing in which you're you're joining <laughs> um, 120 Water. Uh, not only because do we have uh, a lot more figured out than we did seven years ago when we launched the company, um, but the market uh, the market in the industry is at such a crossroads. Um, so let me kind of give you some some parallels. I mean, seven years ago when I started the company and we were selling our you know data management and kits, um, you know lead and copper rule. Yeah, people knew knew that things were coming and, and changes were happening, but it wasn't affecting their day to day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, it was it was still something that was looming. Um, it was it was painful to you know to navigate towards, but there weren't any forcing regulations um, that that would change behavior. And you know, since um, the passage of uh, the lead and copper rule revisions, of which you know the majority of the programs that we run or that our customers run on our platform, um, it's basically like the whole market has exploded. You know, we've gone from, you know, the early adopters, folks who, who know they need to get ahead of things, they need to get their data in order, they need to identify their service lines, maybe they need to start replacing these pipes. Those were really the early adopters, right? Our early customers like Pittsburgh, Denver, Newark. Um, and now, you know, 75,000 plus water systems have to, have to adopt. Mm -hmm. So uh, again, it's just this massive, um, forcing function, you know, this regulatory is a forcing function to these water systems to now start to act. And, and 120 just happens to be kind of the leader in our field and, and ready to meet them where they are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it sounds like the excitement of the moment is the volume of work that is available. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excitement and what keeps me up at night, Bob. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it, I I think this next question is maybe a little maybe a little pointed. We kind of maybe already know the answer to it, which is what is the most important issue facing the industry to you, and what is your moonshot idea for addressing that issue? Obviously, I think leaded copper obviously is very top of mind for you. So, could you talk a little bit about like why that is such an important issue to you, and where you are trying to go with 120 Water to address that, and is there a moonshot beyond what you're currently achieving? Oh, I, I love that question, Bob. Um, yeah, I mean, so I guess what's pressing, at least in our sector of the market, which is municipal drinking water, um, it really is all of these uh, uh, regulations that are either in effect or emerging. So we have uh, lead and copper, which is we are in the thick of implementation, mm -hmm. both with our state and water system customers, and that will go in effect in 2024. We have PFOS right on the back heels of that. And who knows what's going to come down the line um, as well, you know, in 2024, we have consumer confidence reports and amendments to that. So there's just a lot of forcing regulation that's going to happen, um, you know, as just in lead and copper. Um, and not only that, we the, the industry has money to spend through the bi mm -hmm. bipartisan infrastructure law. So not only is there regulation, but there's funding to actually, you know, get the lead pipes out of the ground and, you um, and, and really kind of modernize uh, some of these systems. So um, that is, you know, I would say that was kind of our moonshot seven years ago, mm -hmm. but we are living that that's our reality now. And um, but when I think about 120 and, and, and um, the real moonshot, which um, I just can't, I can't stop. I can't stop being excited about what we do. I mean, lead is just one of so many different programs that our customers have to manage on a daily basis. And so um, now that, that we've kind of have our uh, lead solution locked and loaded, we would really like to focus our attention to what are those other programs that we could 
would be capturing in one end-to-end solution uh, for our customers, whether that is uh, going deeper into communications or asset management um, or um, billing information and, and work orders. Again, there's so many different kind of uh, adjacencies that we could explore um, through uh, you know expansion of our current platform. Yeah, it's really interesting that like the lead problem touches so many different business opportunities, right? Because you have the whole like, first of all, you need to test for it. Then you need to be able to treat for it. Then you also need to manage your assets. You also need to have the communication to the public about it. There's like all these small little pieces all have to come together appropriately for the utility to address this issue head on. And I think uh, hearing from you, it sounds like you recognize just how important all of those pieces of that puzzle are. And if you can provide a one more, a one-stop shop, so to speak, it makes it a lot easier for a customer to engage with you. Absolutely. And, and you know, again, um, our customers are making an investment in getting this data in one system. And, and so mm-hmm. why not then maximizing the actions that they take on this data? I mean, you're exactly right. Like oftentimes this is the first time a utility is able to see you know, sampling data with customer data, with asset data, and then, you know, uh, regulatory reporting all, you know, so again, it's a, you know, I think it's an opportunity and, you know, my moonshot is let's not waste this investment um, of, of these programs. Let's use it to catapult it and to do better work across, you know, other things. Um, so, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I want to pit, let's pivot a little bit more toward the actual like career side of things. Could you talk about the role that mentorship has played in your career? Have you been a mentor to people or have you mostly received mentorship? Oh, if I've been a mentor to people, it might be accidental mentorship. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, um, I, it's been a massive uh, part of, of my, my leadership style my um, pursuits and and so on. I mean, I just had a, a mentor of mine in the office uh, about an hour ago, <laughs> and Ooh. oh yeah, it's just a uh, you know. And, and I, I'm I'm the type of person where I think uh, I, I've collected multiple mentors along the way. Um, you know, I, I don't believe it's just one mentor that uh, you know is going to guide or or help guide. But um, been very fortunate to to collect a lot of mentors along the way, and I will tell you that's another reason why I, I love this sector because you know in water you have the opportunity to meet a lot of incredible, um, you just just incredible people that um, peers of mine that have become mentors, uh, customers of ours that have become mentors and they're so generous with their time. And, um, and, you know, and I, I don't take that lightly because time is, you know, our most valuable asset, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think, um, mentorship has played a pivotal role in not all my personal leadership, but also the, the building of 120 and directionally where we go. Well, what, what does it mean to you to be a woman in water as well? And how, how does that dovetail with the mentorship side of things too? Like what's the impact of those two things kind of together? No, I, I do. I, I I will say I have I have my core core group of, of of women that I look up to and 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 we share stories now and again. Um, I uh, yeah. I mean I um, it means it means such a great deal to be a, a women leader in in water because I think um oh sorry about that um. One, I think it's a role model for uh, you know future generations of women who may not be thinking about water or technology as a career path. And here are some examples of good and and all of the good that we've created. But um, but it is you know it is a it is a tough 
sector to break into. And I, I actually remember some of our first conferences uh, before 120 really even got its start and, you know, being being taken for an executive assistant. And it's like, well, no, I'm actually the CEO and I started the company. Um, so yeah, again, I think uh, I think we still have a ways to go uh, uh, to bring more diversity into our sector, but it's a, you know, it's it's a role that I take very passionately and, and seriously and, and hopefully um, one that others can look up to and think about, oh, maybe, maybe I would want to, you know, pursue a career path in water and, and what all that would look like. Yeah. How did you deal with those types of situations? It sounds like that like a primary challenge would be that breaking in. What what were some of the ways that you tried to break in more easily or were there techniques or methods that you used to try and like showcase just how credible you were and why you should be taken seriously? Yeah, it's something that I've um it was not uncommon uh even just in my in, my previous former life, not mm-hmm. in water, being the only female around a board table. Um, but I, I do think I firmly believe that, um, you know, experience and outcomes speak for themselves. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we, we say that all the time. I mean, don't take my word for it. Take our customers, you know, and, and are we doing a good job for the customer, right? Are they happy? Are we driving outcomes? And I think just honestly having a value and standing on the morals of we're just here to serve the customer and do good work. And that's how you get credibility, um, in my opinion, you know, first and foremost, it's just do great work and that great work is going to get recognized. And, um, and I, I think it really was just that proof point is we just continued to do good work for our initial customers. And then those customers brought the next wave of customers and then so on and so forth until, you know, you've earned a, a seat at the table, if that makes sense. Yeah. You, yeah, you, you, you've gained the respect by getting the first customer and you've earned the respect of everyone else because you showed the, that first customer your respect, right? Like, it's like, it's all actually just a cycle of respect in the end. It's just do good and good will come to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to hear stories from other women in the water industry as obviously as a man, I have a completely different perspective on things and I, I can, I've, I think I recognize how easy it is for me to just go to a conference and just slot into a conversation. And I don't know that it's the same thing for, for most women in water. So I, whether, whether that's a, a social construct or just the constructs of people's brains of how they look at women uh, within the water industry that is predominantly male. Yeah, no, yeah, predominantly male. And then I think it's just, um, you know, it, it's, I always think whether you're male or checking ego at the door, you know, that's the only mm-hmm. thing I, you know, I never had any preconception that I am the smartest person in the room and, you know, will certainly offer a perspective, but I think just, just, you know, being respectful and, and understanding, um, everyone, everyone's place and who are the leaders in the room. And, um, you know, again, I, I don't know that there's a playbook on, on how to navigate it, but, um, but, mm-hmm. you know, certainly, um, we've done okay. Yeah, respect and a curious mind, <laughs> right? And I personally, I thrive on that. Um, I think maybe that's another reason why I love this industry and and everyone in it because I I I mean I could literally just listen, right? I don't mm-hmm. care if you're in waste or drinking or you're a regulatory body. I mean, I I just am a constant learner and and love to learn, um, you know, about all these things. And so, um, yeah, I think just respecting your peers as well. Yeah, I'm th- I'm thankful oftentimes about that being what I get to do on a daily basis. I'm a, I'm a journalist, so I get to all I ha- all I get to do is listen to people that are smarter than me tell me about cool and interesting things. That's uh, the best, right? It it is. Um, well, the last question here is 
nowhere near as serious as any of the subject matter we've talked about so far, which was what piece of media, whether it be books, TV shows, movies, games, podcasts, whatever, what have you, has had the greatest impact on you in the past 12 months? You know, um, uh, I, this, uh, this, hopefully my answer doesn't fall flat here, but, um, we, we've had a lot of growth here at 120, and, um, so I've been spending a lot of time working on the business, and so my challenge over the last six months have been what, what can I do to mentally check out a little bit more, yeah. and so, um, I, I have been working on puzzles quite obsessively. Ooh. And, uh, I, you know, I, there's always one on my dining room table and I'm about ready to uh, complete a thousand, um, uh, piece puzzle of Queen Elizabeth, which has been, uh, just, you know, a nightmare. But, uh, but again, I, I, <laughs> um, I'm a constant reader, so I mean, everything inspires me there, but, um, but taking something up as a hobby that forces me to literally, you know, pay attention to um, something that uh, I can't, my, my attention span, right? It requires patience, right? And an attention span um, I've actually found very um, helpful um, over the last uh, six to 12 months. Yeah, something that's almost a meditation, right? You need that th that space that it's just it's just for my mind to be that where work doesn't enter the equation. I'm just I'm in this moment right now. I'm in this moment, yeah. And and it's 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 not only work, but my my kids are also getting um, older and busier. And so again, this is something just just for me and and just for enjoyment. And um, and meditation's a good word for it. Maybe that's uh maybe that's why I find it so so relaxing. Yeah. Well, I always find that when I ask people this question or if I ask people about certain habits that they have like this it often ends up in that meditation realm where it's like I try I go on walks in nature so I can get away from things and let my mind wander um, or I like to go on runs like for myself I'm a cyclist and I tell you the metronomic spinning of pedals there's something about it that <laughs> makes that happen too um, so I, I think the more I talk to people the more successful people I talk to the more I realize how important that aspect of life is to your success. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's mental, physical, and all of the things are just as important as the day to day work. And definitely, that's uh, that's I believe wholeheartedly in that. Yeah. Well, it's it's all about the holistic picture, and you guys are doing a great job on the water side too. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, thank you so much for talking with me today and talking to me a little bit about your career path and being a woman in water and the success the success that you've had for so long. Well, I appreciate it, Bob, and uh, thanks for having me. Thanks again, Megan, for your time. We really appreciate you being on the podcast and telling us about your history and how you found success as a woman in water and as a leader in water, frankly. So thank you so much. We really do appreciate you taking the time. On to some housekeeping for Wastewater Digest. You can nominate for the 2023 Young Pros today. Visit www.dmag.com nominate for links to nominate individuals for this and our other awards programs, including our Top Projects program and Industry Icon program. The deadline for submissions for Young Pros is March 15th. We will feature 10 professionals in the May-June issue of Wastewater Digest, so please nominate today so we can feature the rising stars in the industry. And as always, subscribe to our YouTube at youtube.com slash at Wastewater Digest. Stormwater Solutions Young Professionals and Industry Icon nominations are also still open. The deadline has been extended. Visit www.estormwater.com nominations to make your submissions today.
Additionally, we have a cool offer to share with you as we have over the course of the past couple episodes. Later this year, we will be hosting StormCon in Dallas, Texas from August 29th to 30th. Exclusive to this podcast is a 10% registration discount. Visit bit.ly slash stormconreg2023 and use the code all caps one water 10 to get 10% off your registration for the show. Don't wait, do it now. And of course, like, subscribe, share on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Spotify. You can also reach us at talkingunderwater at endeavorb2b.com to share your thoughts. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TUW Podcast. We'll catch you next time. So long, everyone.